Hello and welcome to This Shit Really Happened, the true crime podcast where we deep dive into the most disturbing, depraved, and downright gruesome. I said downright. <laughs> That's okay because fuck, I, did, I, did the intro. Intro. <laughs> I did the intro to the last one. So like, God damn it. Honestly, at this point, fuck the intro. We got, I know. Y'all know what the, y'all know. Y'all already know what this is. Seriously, we're not even going to finish it on this one because y'all are, I've heard it. Yeah, I'm M. That's Autumn. You know by now. <laughs> And sorry, we're still not on our case. Oh my god, dude. Literally I'm pretty sure I said like a disclaimer last episode. I was like, please don't don't quote us on that because it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you if we ever get a negative review, it's probably gonna be on that. Another negative review, sorry. <laughs> Another one. Yeah. I don't know, man. We again I say this every time. We're just doing this for the lols. We're just doing this and also for funsies. Don't expect much in October either because we busy. We have a few weekends of busyness. Mm-hmm. Going to a concert for a whole weekend. For an entire yeah, literally for an entire weekend. And then we got our annual Halloween bar crawl, which is always always real fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, October. Maybe we'll try to do. I need to find some. More. And I'm probably going to have to do my rotational Saturday before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to because you need that weekend off and for I the need concert. That money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need that money. And I need that extra 20%. Yeah, dude. I haven't worked a like rotational Saturday in like three months. Yeah, we're, used to, we're only supposed to do like one a quarter, but I picked up a few so that mm. way, because like with his birthday, and, like, there was a day bef- the week before that I needed off or something. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it when you got your hair done? Yes. Yeah. I remember that. And um, then I have to work. I worked, picked up this Saturday so I can hopefully pick up my car. Ah, word. Next yeah. Friday. Yeah. Cars in the fucking shop. <laughs> well, we're just, we're literally just telling y'all about our life happenings literally. right now. <laughs> We've been Sorry. away. This is what's going on in our life. Um, Y'all can fast forward through this if you don't <laughs> care. <laughs> but I feel like most people who listen to our podcast are like regulars. Yeah. So if you guys have been here on the reg, thank you so much. We always appreciate that. Oh, and we have drink of the day. Oh, yes. At night, whatever you want to call so, it. So, well, yeah, technically. Early evening. It's quarter after quarter. Well, yeah, it's kind of like evening, full evening. It's quarter to eight right now. Drink ASMR. <laughs> Those um, are um, the fake ice cubes. <laughs> yes, because I made I put like ice in my little ice cube thing, and the fridge must have been cracked because they are not the fridge. The freezer door must have been cracked because they melted and then all froze back together. So it's like one big ass chunk of ice in there right now. <laughs> so screaming. Um, but yeah, we've got this fun little like liquor cider kind of deal that I got at a little craft fair. It's very good. It tastes like apple pie. It's very cinnamony. I guess with I think a it's made with a tinge of liquor. Yes, it's made with brandy. I think so. It's very good. It's very very fall. I was gonna um, ask you because I didn't look at the bottle. What was the percentage of alcohol content? Seven uh, percent, I think. Oh, not bad. Yeah, it's not terrible. Like a, it's like a fucking twisted tea. Yeah, the guy like the who was selling um they have like a fifteen percent version. But Jesus. that one was like twenty nine dollars a bottle, so I was like, I'll just how take, much is that one? Uh, twenty two, I think. Oh, so I mean, it's like five bucks more, and you get a whopping how many more percent alcohols? But like eighteen. Yeah, I mean, I'll just uh, I'll just settle with this. This is fine. Um, I have a fuck ton of Fireball in my freezer, and I hate Ew. Fireball. And so I was going to maybe see if I wanted to mix it with this. But this stuff has got a little... Cinnamony to it. I feel yeah. like it would be too much. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, the first time I, like, 
drank a full cup of it. I was like, yeah, putting fireball in this would probably not be the move. But I got all this fireball from the uh, fire hall picnic that my oh, dad shit, usually yeah. organizes. And they always do like an adult pinata that's like just full of like nips and shit. And this year they had like little like they're I think they're just pieces of, like plastic knives with like numbers on them. Mm. And if you got one of the little plastic pieces of plastic, you could go like you got to go and grab like a bigger Mm-hmm. liquor bottle by the time i got over there all these fucking bitches had already taken everything else that like was not fireball <laughs> so i was like fuck okay i guess i'll take fireball and i had a whole bunch of like little nips of it and die die was being a hoe and she wouldn't <laughs> trade me her uh jack daniels for one of my fireballs oh, my. so she had like two of them i was like you hoe but yeah, so now I just Freaking have a bunch of fireball die. in my freezer that I'm never going to drink until I find something. I could probably get apple cider well, and mix we... it with like apple cider or something. Yeah, I mean, I was going to, because me and Lexi are supposed to do that night. Oh, yeah. You could like, and we're going to do the seamed drinks or whatever. Yeah, you could maybe that'll be the move with, with fireball. That might be mm-hmm. the move. Something, I know something with like apple cider fucking something. Honestly, well, apple cider and whiskey are very good together. I might try that. I honestly might do that. Mm-hmm. And it'd probably be good even, like, hot, too. Like, do hot apple cider with the fireball mm-hmm. in it. So, mm-hmm. I guess I'll try it. Huh. But Although, we're not... Remember last year when we tried to do that apple cider mimosa thing and, like, it was, corn syrup the rim? Yeah, we're not was, doing all of that. That was too much. With brown sugar. <laughs> it was just, like, dripping down. It was a mess. <laughs> yeah, that was not the move. So, yeah, we don't, we don't need to... I still to, have the uh, corn syrup in my... We don't need to ca- sugar our, our drink rims on those. We might, but not with corn syrup. Yeah, not with corn syrup. <laughs> water just get it wet and put it in the sugar it'll lick my rim (laughs) (laughs) do what to your what (laughs) ignore that please (laughs) do what to your what this is part of the bloopers that we're gonna add the part of the bloopers that i never cut out of these episodes anyway so yeah i don't edit these things so this is why our episodes are just a constant run-on sentence and absolutely nothing gets edited out the Whatever. only time I fully edited an episode was when we recorded at your place with Blue. With Blue. And I had to cut time. out a bunch of dog noises and barking and crying. <laughs> I sat and I edited that episode for like two hours just to uh, cut it to bear. a reasonable that, you know, people listening to it are not going to have their ears blown out by random dog <laughs> and you yelling it. <laughs> blue bear. Oh, Blucifer. <laughs> Seriously, fucking Lucifer. He is crazy. He's also gigantic. Seriously. He's only, what, eight months old? He's fucking huge, dude. Yeah, because he was born in January, so he's only eight months old. That's crazy. He just turned eight months old. Yeah, he's an actual giant. He's fucking mammoth. Fucking huge. I can only imagine what he's going to look like at a year old. And he's getting chunky, which I love. Chunky! So I'm sure once he gets fixed, he'll get chunkier. Oh, yeah. He's going to get... Yes, Which yeah. I want because his he's got already got the crinkly face. Yeah. <laughs> so he is fat. Extra smooshy. He's so cute, but so bad. Yeah, he he definitely needs to be fixed ASAP. Get some of that en- get some of that excess excess energy out of his body. Bro. Cut off that testosterone, right? The source Seriously. literally. And literally cut he it starts off. to think that he's like head honcho and starts to try to get aggressive because I will fuck him up. Yeah, that's not what you need to happen. Time to chop that dog balls off. Because he's massive. He's almost as big as me. Yeah, I know. I like in the snap you said where he hit himself in the head with his he's toy. He's literally like, who, who did that? <laughs> I was I'm like, oh my god, he's huge. Yeah. He's so large. I know when he was just a little baby. Well, he was, even as a little baby, he was still 
big Mammoth. boy. He was yeah. huge. I, was I can't believe I rolled up like, and you were like, wait, this is him? I'm like, wait, hang on. I literally thought it was a full-grown dog she was playing with when we pulled up, not the freaking puppy you're there to pick up. I was like, oh, holy shit, he's huge. <laughs> Speaking of a huge man here's Bobby. Ralph. Hey, Bob. How you doing, Bobbin? Hi. Come say hi. You're going to get tangled in the wires, Bob. Hello? You can hear him shaking. Well, he's down there. Oh. Come on. Hey, come Bobby. On, come on, come on. Come on. He's wearing his Halloween collar. It is a ghost. So for the entirety of spooky season, his name is Booby. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This intro has been not even a fucking intro, but we need to get into this case. This is a relatively shorter case. Um, It does involve, sorry for doing this twice in a row, (laughs) but um, the... Uh, murder of a child, a 10-year-old child to be specific. So if that's not something you want to hang out and listen to, we'll see you on the next episode. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what content I choose to cover <laughs> for the next episode. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll do something like spooky because we're going to be getting into spooky season. Spoopy. Spoopy. But yeah, today we are covering the murder of Katie Hol- or Katie, I said Holman. It's Katie Coleman. Um, Katie Coleman, she was a 10-year-old girl from uh, the town of Crothersville, Indiana. And we're kicking it back to the early aughts. We're going 2005, January 25th, 2005, to be specific. So this day was a very typical, very regular day for Katie and her parents. Her mother, Angela, she was already at home. She was getting dinner ready. Um... Katie's dad, John, he was still at work. And then Katie had a regular day. She'd been at school. She came home from school. And around 3 o'clock, Katie's mom asked her to go on an errand and run to a store that was nearby. I forget what they said. I think she was having her, like, go pick up toilet paper or something. Um, Katie was very accustomed to these little errands. She went on them all the time. Like She was, like, our age. You said she was 10? Yeah, she in was 2005? 10 in 2005. Yeah, we were yeah. 9. yeah. Yeah, just about. Oh, oh dang. Yeah. Um, yeah, she did this stuff all the time. The store that she was going to was really close to the house, and she did it all the time. So her mom, Angela, knew that the trip, like, walking there, getting everything, and walking back, it should have only taken her about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the town of Crothersville was, like, very typical small town. I think at the time there was only like like a new thing. Yeah, yeah, literally. Very very small. Everyone knows everyone. Like you know your neighbors, all your friends live like on your same street or very close to you. So it was very typical small town. So when the 30 minutes came and passed and Katie still wasn't home, her mom wasn't too worried because she figured that Katie like got sidetracked. Like she might have like met up with one of her friends or she was walking mm. home. She saw somebody she knew when she was like just talking. Cause again, everybody knew everybody. You see somebody on the street, you know, you're gonna pause, you're gonna you're gonna chat with them. Right. So Angela was like, okay, maybe she just got caught up somewhere. I'm not gonna worry too much about it. Um, but when Katie's father John returned home from work and Katie still hadn't been home at that point, been like well over an hour, getting into like an hour and a half kind of area, mm-hmm. then both of her parents were like, Yeah, this is weird. She should have been home by now. Right. So the first thing that her parents did was call around to the houses of anybody that they thought, like, 
Katie could have been, like friends' houses, basically. Houses for people they knew were on the route that she walked home and just asking, like, is Katie there? Have you seen Katie? And this got them nowhere. Everybody was like, no, we haven't seen her. She's not here. So what they ended up doing after that is they, like, scoured the neighborhood themselves. So they basically you know, started their own little search party and they just went around. They kind of like retraced Katie's path and they like went down any like side streets or like dead ends that she thought like anywhere they thought maybe she like got lost, Mm -hmm. which was they were thinking it'd be abnormal for her to get lost because she was so familiar with the route to Mm -hmm. walk home and she'd done it so many times. Mm -hmm. But they're like, maybe for some reason she just got sidetracked and she like, I don't know, got lost somewhere, whatever. They're essentially trying to still think best case scenario (laughs) at this point and not like, oh my God, our daughter is literally missing. So um, they searched for a few hours and after, you know, these few hours went by and there was no sign of Katie, they made the decision that they had to get the police involved. Great. So um. The police work in this case is actually, like, for at least, like, the search portion, I've heard, like, so many cases where the police work is just completely ass. Terrible. And, like, they do nothing, and they mm. don't take it seriously, and they're like, oh, it's just a runaway, or, oh, like, they're probably with a friend. And, and, like, so they, I like, started watching this show called Disappeared on mm-hmm. HBO Max, or Max, whatever Max. the fuck you want to call Stupid. it. Um, and a lot of those cases were... The cops saying, well, like, the the parents or, like, the loved one or whoever it was tried to report them missing. And they're like, well, you have to wait 48 hours mm-hmm. or you have to wait 24 hours if it's a kid. Or you have to wait 72 hours because you're not next of kin. Like, yeah. It's crazy that they make you wait when the first 24 hours yeah, are the most are important. Are the most important. Like, usually if somebody has not been, like, the chances... Of finding that person alive after mm-hmm. 24 hours, they decrease like 80%. Yeah. And that's insane. That police are like, especially, it's much better now, I think. Still not mm-hmm. great, but like, especially in like the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, the police's response to a lot of them was, oh, they're a runaway. Yeah. Or, you is know, there problems at home? Right. It was never, okay, your they're child missing. is missing. Let's go ahead and gather a search and try to find them right but in this case i think the fact that this was such a small town really played in Mm -hmm. uh the coleman's favor because Mm -hmm. everybody knew everybody again and they knew like this was a small town where like things like this did not happen Mm -hmm. and so if john and angela are saying our daughter is missing like she should have been home we can't find her anywhere nobody has seen her right then you know the police are like okay you know let's let's get it together and let's go ahead and let's see if we can find this girl. Right. So they immediately launched a search for Katie and a huge amount of people from the neighborhood volunteered to help in the search. So just to reiterate, Crothersville was the kind of town again, where everybody knew everyone. It was like one of those towns too, where parents just like let their kids roam out like, well, if they're dark, they didn't lock Mm. their doors because it was that nothing ever happened. Right. It was that Mm. nothing ever happens. Small town mentality. Like, There actually hadn't been, like, any violent crime in Crothersville for 25 years up until this point. So they were very much in that bubble of nothing bad ever happens Mm -hmm. here. So the police were pretty confident. They're like, we're going to find her. Like, Like she probably just wandered off somewhere. Exactly. So they were still very optimistic in that front. So they essentially did, again, what John and Angela had done. They retraced her route, attempting to, you know, 
see if they could also interview anybody who might have seen Katie on her walk home. Um, they, I think they spoke to a clerk at the store and he mm. confirmed that Katie had made it to the store. Mm. So they at least knew, okay, she made it there. Yeah, so something the must back. have happened on the way back. They searched for Katie for 24 hours, a full 24 hours. And when she was still nowhere to be found, the police came to a conclusion that would essentially shatter this whole illusion of safety that had surrounded Crothersville for the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. They could make no other assumption other than Katie having been kidnapped. Mm -hmm. Because she was nowhere to be found. And this was not Mm -hmm. a large town. Mm -hmm. So the FBI soon got involved as well. And they started going and further interviewing people, just looking for, again, anybody who might have seen Katie on the day that she disappeared. Um, and they soon got their first true lead off of a witness coming forward. And this witness was a woman who called the police and she told them that she had seen Katie in a white pickup truck. And according to the witness, Katie was sitting in the front seat and the witness said she looked very calm when she was in the front seat and that the white truck was being driven by a quote, skinny white man with glasses so it's they're like, wow, the everybody, the <laughs> it's like white pickup truck, skinny guy with glasses. That could literally be hundreds and of it's people. it's always a skinny white guy with glasses. It's always a the skinny white. The creepy one. ones are creepy. <laughs> if you always, feel like they're creepy, they're creepy. <laughs> it's always a skinny white motherfucker in glasses. Always. Always. So based off the witness's description, they did have a composite sketch drawn up. And police also immediately began searching for cars in the area that matched the truck's description. But again, white pickup truck is very common. So it was an enormous undertaking for the police to try to find any, like, essentially they had hundreds of people who were registered as owning white pickup trucks. Right. And this is also a very small police department, too. Like, the FBI is involved at this point, but, like, Mm -hmm. The FBI's got a lot of other shit to do. <laughs> so a lot of this did fall on the small police department to do a lot yeah. of this legwork. And they were just sorely lacking in resources. Oh, yeah, the FBI, like, this was, I mean, I don't know if they were involved. I mean, I would assume. But, like, this is four years after 9-11. Yeah. So, so they had a lot on their still plate. pretty high alert for mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. like. Their attention was definitely pulled elsewhere. Yeah. So, because they were lacking in resources, like, the search for this, you know, skinny man with the white pickup truck, like, it was, it was very, very slow. They had mm-hmm. hundreds of people that they had to interview and rule out as suspects. Mm-hmm. So, the search continued for the next couple days um, until the morning of January 30th. So, this was when a police officer, he was driving past um, a lake called Lake Cypress that was in the area, when he spotted something blue floating on the surface of the lake near the shore. Uh, The officer pulled over to investigate what this was, and that is when he made the discovery of uh, 10-year-old Katie's body floating near the surface and the edge of the lake. Well, that's sad. Yeah. And, I mean, this was, she went missing on January 25th, so this is only five days after she goes missing. Um, There were no immediate signs on Katie's body that could point to her cause of death. She had no bullet wounds, no stab wounds, and there was no, like, no clear injuries on her body that they could, you could just look at and say, oh, like, That's this happened. is how she was killed. Yeah, so it was, it was a mystery mm-hmm. upon the first discovery, and they didn't get any clues until the autopsy. Mm-hmm. So the autopsy was performed, um, and it later revealed that her hands had been bound prior to her death, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and that she had been sexually assaulted before oh. she was killed as well. And they ruled that her cause of death was drowning. Oh. So a few days after Katie's body was found, police received a call from a man named Charles Hickman, who was a 20 year old local from Crothersville. Hickman called the police to make a confession. Oh, shit. Um, he said that on the day Katie had gone missing, he and an acquaintance named Timothy O'Sullivan were cooking meth in an oh. abandoned house. Yeah, fucking meth cookers. Fucking meth heads. Not you retting on yourself. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we were cooking meth. I'd have been like, I was just in this building. I don't, know how we, I don't know I don't what, I don't know how I got there. <laughs> I was with this dude. I don't know what he was. He might have been cooking meth. <laughs> I was just there. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. I don't know what he was up to. I got kidnapped. I I got kidnapped, and this guy used his ear, and he was cooking meth. I don't, you know, I don't really even know him that well. We just cook meth. I mean, we just, uh. I mean, he cooks meth. He cooks meth. (laughs) He cooks meth, and I kind of know him. (laughs) I just saw it. I just just saw it. Um, I know, all jokes aside, he said that himself and Timothy O'Sullivan, they were cooking meth in an abandoned house near a railway that Katie would have passed by on her way home. Uh, Hickman told police that Katie had entered this house oh, where they were cooking meth and saw these two men cooking the meth. What, I mean, you're telling me a little 10 year old girl went into this abandoned yeah. house. Yeah. It's, to, to go see what's going on. Right. Like, no. <laughs> and she wouldn't have even known what was going on. She was 10 years old. She's not going to know what cooking meth looks like. Literally. She's like, oh, they're doing a science experiment. Especially in a little, little town. In a like tiny that. town, yeah, where they have she no exposure. There's no internet rule. I guess there is, but it's but 2005. Not but not Yeah, not enough that a 10 year old would have open access Unless to it. Unless she lived like in a shit old. area, she wouldn't know what that right. is. Right, yeah. So, but yeah, he, he said that she walked into the house, she sees them cooking meth, and they get scared that she's going to tell people what she had seen and they're going to get arrested for their methamphetamol activities. But you're ratting on yourself right now. Yeah, it doesn't make she's it. she's dead. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. But this is his story. So... Scared that Katie would tell people what she had seen, uh, Hickman and O'Sullivan grabbed her before she could run out of the house. Um, They forced her into Hickman's truck, and coincidentally, he did drive a white truck, and he was also a skinny white dude. Glasses? Um, No, I don't think he had glasses. Maybe he was just wearing a funsies. <laughs> no or maybe the witness no lenses, see, right? just like how he looks. <laughs> yeah, right, just with the wires with no <laughs> lenses in them. <laughs> it's like, I just, they, they make me look smart. They fit my aesthetic. They fit my aesthetic. My methamphetamine. They were probably his goggles from cooking meth oh, <laughs> to protect <shit>. his eye. <laughs> um, so they put Katie, according to Hickman, they put Katie in the truck and then they drove her out to Lake Cypress. According to Hickman, they tied Katie's hands and feet intending to scare her so she wouldn't tell anybody about what she had seen. He reported that when they were, because there was, like, the way that the lake is, there's a little cliffside before, like, Mm -hmm. you know, surrounding the lake. Mm -hmm. They said that they were standing on the edge by that cliff, and because her hands and feet were tied, Katie slipped and she fell off the cliff, and then she fell into the lake where she ended up drowning. So, clearly, no matter what, he had something to do with her death because he knew way too many details. Like, she drowned and her hands and feet were tied. I think they reported a lot of this in the media. Oh, dummies. Yeah. Um, Because we'll find out that he had nothing. Spoiler alert, he had nothing to do with her death. <laughs> so, why did he snitch on himself like that? Meth. <laughs> um, but, fuck? yeah, so... 
I'll kind of go through the rest of it, but it, this was essentially turned out to be a false confession. Mm. Um, and all the details he knew were because they knew where her body had found. They knew that her hands and feet had been bound. But there was one detail that they didn't report in. she was raped? Yeah, she was raped. And um, though after this confession, like, police were very confident that, like, Hickman and O'Sullivan were somehow involved. Because, like, mm. why would you come in and confess to a murder of a child that you did not commit? And that you were cooking meth. Yeah, and that you were cooking meth. Like, you duly so read it on yourself. not only did you say that you were involved in her death, but you also said that you were cooking meth. Double whammy. <laughs> like, yeah. So, please, please. And you read it on not yourself, but the other person. Yeah, you right. Could you imagine co- being co- that acquaintance. friend? And you're like, bro, what the fuck? Like, yeah, we might have been cooking meth together. We didn't murder anyone. <laughs> like, like, bro, bro, now you fucking ratted me out, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, so, um, like I said, the police were pretty confident that Hickman and O'Sullivan had been involved in Katie's death, but there was just one problem. Mm-hmm. Again, Katie's autopsy revealed that she had been raped, and the semen found on her body did not match Hickman or O'Sullivan's DNA. So there's a different so, person. Yeah. So police believe that they're uh, one of, like, I guess one of, like, two things they thought possibly could have happened. The first being the most likely situation is that there was a third man involved mm-hmm. in this whole thing, and that he had been the one to Raper. rape Katie, and they just were not... Telling, but Hickman himself, he denied the involvement of a third person, and he also denied that Katie had been raped. So he's like, I murdered her, but I don't know how the fuck she ended up raped. I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, So during the investigation that followed, police took dozens of DNA samples because at this point, like Hickman's not talking. O'Sullivan's not talking. There has to be a third person involved here. Somehow, some way, because there is this DNA we found on her body that right. doesn't match either of them. So they were going around all over Crothersville just taking DNA samples, essentially, from anybody that would offer one up. Mm-hmm. Um, they even took a sample from Katie's own father. Mm-hmm. And again, this was just a Hail Mary attempt to try to find a match for this right. DNA. But those efforts, too, ended up being unsuccessful. The police then began to wonder if Hickman was telling the truth that he and O'Sullivan, like, really did not know she had been raped. And they were floating this wild idea that Katie had been raped by another man prior to walking into the house where Hickman and O'Sullivan were cooking meth and abducted her from. Wouldn't that be some fucking dumb Right? But it would kind of almost, like, I guess make sense because, like, theoretically, like, if she was in shock... From yeah, it, maybe she just, like, like I just walked into the nearest house. Thinking nobody yeah, would be think, in there. Right. Or thinking, like, maybe she would find somebody who would help her, mm-hmm. but she walked in on Hickman and O'Sullivan, you know, getting mm-hmm. up to breaking bad activities in that house <laughs> and, you know, cooking their little methies. And, um, but th- that still seemed very unlikely. <laughs> They're yeah. like, what are the chances that this girl is not only going to be raped on her way home from an errand that should have only taken her 30 minutes and also be abducted and murdered by two fucking meth heads. Yeah. Like separately, two separate. Yeah, exactly. Two completely separate incidents. It Mm -hmm. just seemed very, very like, again, being in this small town where nothing like this had happened for the past 25 years. So the likelihood of telling me there's three people like that. Right. Right. So the likelihood of this happening was 
very slim, but police are like, we gotta float every possibility, so... Autumn's <laughs> oh, microphone just fell down. So if you hear a weird thud. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording on the couch today because my uh, dining room table where we usually record has become um, craft central while I make my costume for Halloween this year. <laughs> so that table uh, is covered. Um, okay, where are we? So... Police were kind of running dry on leads at this point, and the only suspects they had in custody continued to deny that they had committed any sexual assault against Katie. Hey! <laughs> You're interrupting. Sorry, there's cat noise in the background. That's probably Carter. Is it Carter? Well, we'll continue on. If you, guys, jingling. if you guys hear the sounds of one of my cats tearing up the couch, just know that's, you know... There's always cat sounds in these episodes. So Hello! It's nothing new. It's nothing new. Maybe. Hold on. I'm going to pause it. I'll I'll be back. I'm going to yell at my cat. (laughs) All right. We're back. (laughs) Just had to. I mean, I my couches are so torn up, but we're we're trying to limit the background noise that comes up in these episodes. So just just had to yell at my rowdy child. for Yes. He just did it one real quick. (laughs) Just just right. He's probably under the couch right now, in all honesty. Great. Um, Okay, hopping back in. So, we are now fast-forwarding to three months post the discovery of Katie's body. This is when police managed to find a piece of evidence that, like, breaks the case wide open. Um, Nearby where Katie's body was found, they literally just on the fucking ground. How they missed this the first time around and didn't find it until three months later is kind of crazy. But they found a cigarette butt. And this cigarette butt contained traces of DNA... And they were able to take the DNA from that cigarette butt and match it to the DNA of the semen that was found on Katie's body. Oh, shit. So they're like, all right, we ha- we got something. Mm-hmm. We got it matching, yeah. but we still don't know who the fuck Exactly. Is. Now we got to figure out who it is. Luckily, though, the cigarette was from a brand that was, like, it was not very popular. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, this person smokes this specific brand of cigarettes, like, Cigarette smokers, they have their brand, and that is what they smoke. They don't usually steer away from that. And luckily, it was only sold by four stores in the 60-kilometer, it's 37-mile radius. So they're like, Mm -hmm. we have a really high chance of potentially finding this person, because you know smokers, they need to come in, they need to buy... Those cigarettes. Exactly, they need to get their fix, so we are going to get somebody coming in and buying this brand of cigarettes. So police went to all four of the stores in the area that sold these cigarettes, and they told all of the employees that if anyone, anyone at all, came in to buy that specific brand of cigarettes, they were to contact police immediately. And it only took a week for the police to get a call. So they get a call from a clerk from one of the stores, and he told police that not only had a man just come into the store to buy that specific brand of cigarettes, but he also drove away in a white pickup truck. Oh. So they're like, I think this might be your man's. Mm -hmm. So very soon, police are able to identify this man as 40-year-old Anthony Stockelman. 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 What a name. Um, He He was was born to be a fucking Right? That is a very, like, serial killer name. Stockelman. Ugh. Ugh. Yuck. Sorry if your last name is Stockelman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're related to them, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're mean, also you nice. have to admit, that's like, mm, Stockelman. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope you changed your last yeah, name. Yeah, please do. <laughs> 
So he was actually not a resident of Crothersville. Mm. He was just in town visiting his mother on the day that Katie was abducted. Are you fucking kidding me? Yep. You were visiting your mom and we're yeah. like, hmm, 10 year old girl. Yeah, yeah. It would, the fact that, like, he wasn't even from the town and he broke their, like, 25 year streak of no violent crime happening. Of course, it's always a fucking outsider. Always. It's always somebody just coming from the fucking weeds and just ruining everything. Literally. He had actually also been previously questioned by police, and this was back when they were seeking out owners of those white pickup trucks, Um, but the questioning, like, again, they had so much ground to cover, so, like, they were essentially like, did you do it? And they're like, no, they're like, okay, bye. (laughs) Um, So he did say that he had seen a girl matching Katie's description on the day she was abducted. But they're like, okay, like, that's just another eyewitness testimony of somebody who saw her, but, you know, not the suspect that we're looking for. However, now, being that Stockelman's DNA was a match to the DNA that they found on Katie, they were like, you're coming with us. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we need to get you in, you know, for Mm -hmm. some more questioning. So they go to his house to question him. And, of course, he's very uncooperative. They're like, can we ask you some questions? He's like, fuck no. But thankfully, because they already had the DNA, DNA. Mm-hmm. they were able to get a warrant. Yeah. And they had a warrant for his DNA, essentially. They're like, you don't want to give it to us? <laughs> Too bad. And they pull out their paper and like, you don't get a choice. I'm sorry, buddy, you're screwed. So they collect a full sample of his DNA, and this just prove their, prove their wow. This prove their proves the point. This prove their proves the point. That further proved their point um, and further confirmed that Stockelman's DNA was a match to now not only what they found on Katie's body, but the cigarette, but it was all coming full circle. So they're like, this, this is our guy. Like, excuse me. Nice. So Stockelman was arrested pretty much immediately after that DNA result came back. And they still had one question to answer, though. Um, how the fuck was Stockelman related to Hickman and O'Sullivan, who had confessed to Katie's murder? And why did you guys confess? <laughs> yeah. Because his DNA is on her. Right. So and so like, cigarette. Exactly. So they're like, uh, what's going on? What's that? Like, do you, do you know these two? That's suspicious. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. So they began to now look further into Hickman's claims about taking Katie to the lake on the day she disappeared. They questioned multiple acquaintances of his, and they actually concluded that Hickman would not have had time to take Katie from that house where they were cooking meth to Lake Cypress. So they're like, his story just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. There were like multiple acquaintances who had seen him on that day at different times, and then around the time he claimed he would have taken Katie to the lake and killed her. So like, he's just like, he was so fucked up on meth. Exactly. He's like, I did it. I yeah. must have done it. Yeah. So um, there was also DNA samples on the rope that was used to bind Katie's body or her wrists, I mean. And those, the only DNA that was on the rope was Stockelman's. So, so it was only him. It was only him. Yeah. And if like, if Hickman had tied her up or O'Sullivan tied her up, there would have been traces of their DNA on the right. rope. And there just wasn't. So... The police went and actually consulted with a few doctors and after like the doctors kind of, you know, interviewed Hickman and like looked through his like medical history, they were basically able to conclude that Hickman had falsely confessed to Katie's murder due to cognitive impairments he had as a result of his constant and frequent abuse of various drugs and methamphetamine. So he was so drugged out of his fucking mind that he confessed to murdering a 10 year old child. Don't do meth, kids. 
Not even once. <laughs> Not even a little. Not even a little. Don't even think about it. Don't cook it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh my god. That just reminds me. <laughs> Sorry, the sidebar just reminds me of a TikTok I saw the other day. Oh god. Where this guy he was like walking down the street and he was like freaking out because he was like, I was just on the bus and some motherfucker was smoking crack on oh. the bus. He's like, Am I gonna get secondhand crack exposure? Am I gonna be a crackhead? <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna get secondhand crack exposure? Yeah. Oh my god. And people were like, Yeah, you're fucked, man. Like, you better go buy yourself a crack pipe right now. Because you're fucked. You're in it. You're an addict you're now. You're fucked. Yeah, you're addicted. Like, he was like, can I get secondhand crack exposure? How? That's funny. Oh, you've got to really be in it if you're smoking crack on the fucking public bus, bro. For everybody to fucking see. Literally. Literally. Giving people secondhand crack exposure. <laughs> secondhand smoke away. Well, I mean, do you remember those little safe houses they were doing for, like, people to go safely do drugs in? Harm reduction. Yeah. Bro. That's illegal. Arrest them. <laughs> Those drugs are fucking illegal. Oh, man. <laughs> Harm reduction is actually a good way to help drug epidemics. I will say that. But it is illegal. It is illegal. I understand You that. are watching this person. It's like watching a cop going to watch somebody steal some fucking money and be like, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you did it in a controlled area and I was here to make sure you didn't kill anybody. So, like, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Anyways. <laughs> like, what? I'm not going to get into the pros and cons of harm reduction to treat drug epidemics in this podcast. That's not what this is about. I just feel like drugs are bad. Yeah. That's true. Don't, in, in general, just don't do that. Yeah, just, you know, just don't ever, don't ever get yourself into a position where. Because you might confess you never to know. a murder you that you never did. You might confess to a murder and you never know. People, lots of people, like. Always in a, you know, it's like, oh, like, well, just doing this is not going to hurt me. And then, not then unless you, do. you have a pre- genetic predisposition to some some wild mental health issues, and then you do a drug one time, and it snaps it right into yeah. place. Even people just, like, generally addictive personalities. You're, like, like, you're fucked after yeah. one time. It's literally, like, the thought that, like, I can do this once, and it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, no. And then, oh, I'll just, I'll get a little bit of a fix, and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then it's more and more and more and more and more. And now you're cracking. Yeah, so just stay away from that shit completely. Um, it's never good. No. It, it's never going to pan out well for you. No. And you might confess to a murder that you didn't commit. <laughs> and then there's always that. <laughs> um, yeah, Hickman had actually been in jail at this point for, like, these ongoing three months while they continued to investigate. Mm-hmm. And being in jail, he was able to, you know sober up a little bit because he didn't have access to drugs and yeah he actually ended up recanting his confession about Mm -hmm. katie's murder and because the evidence completely ruled out hickman and ruled out o'sullivan like like any involvement yeah they they just are like well we're gonna probably get you on these drug charges um but we're not going to do anything about katie's murder you're a drug addict but you're not a murderer so the only person who was charged in katie's murder was anthony stockelman so Based on the evidence and kind of based on the questioning that, you know, and everything that Stockelman did kind of admit to as they were questioning him, police were able to come up with a picture of what happened on the day that Katie was murdered. So Anthony Stockelman had been moving some things to his mother's house, and the house was actually located on the route Katie would have taken to walk back home from the Mm. store. So they theorized that Stockman saw Katie as she was walking home. He somehow was able to lure Katie inside of his mother's house. 
And then once she was inside, he forced her down into a bed um, where he proceeded to rape her. Mm-hmm. There were threads found on Katie's body that were actually a match for one of the blankets that were found in Stockelman's mother's house. Ugh. So they knew that the assault, that she had been inside that house, and that was more was than likely. Was mom alive? Uh, yeah. I don't know if she was home, but. His poor mom. Imagine yeah. finding out that you're. Right, that that happened your in your home. Your ass son got kidnapped a 10-year-old, raped her in your house, mm-hmm. and then killed her. Ew, there's a teetsy fly in my fucking drink. Oh, no. God damn it. Yeah, that would be that would be absolutely horrifying. Like, not just to know that your son did that, but that he did it in your house. I would move. I would sell my house. Oh, yeah, me too. I'd be gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't live here. No. I can't I'd, live here. I'd sell my fucking house. Even if I lived there for my entire life, I can't. You can't have. Uh, no. You can't have that kind of energy around you. Burning that bed. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Fuck no. Burn that blanket. Burn that bed. Mm-hmm. Sage that whole house. Mm-hmm. Sell it. Yep. Get out. Yep. Yeah, that had to be horrifying. I do, I do feel for his mom that that yeah. happened inside her house. For real. Unless she's just as creepy as him. Yeah. Yeah, unless she was trying to do some weird defendant-ass shit on him. But I didn't see anything about, like, her trying to so defend him in any way, like, shape, or form. Stayed out of it. Yeah, and that's more than likely what happened. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, that's my son, but, like, it's there's no question that he did this, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to be one of those mothers that's going to defend her child. Like, I'm just going to... Yeah, she's like, I'm going to wash my hands of this and, you know, I'm going to let him get his, his just desserts for what he did. So, um, after assaulting Katie, Stockelman tied Katie's wrists and forced her into his truck. Um, being that she was likely in shock at this point, Katie did not try to fight or flee while she was inside the truck. And this would also explain why the witness who had seen her said that Katie looked very calm when she was in the truck with Stockelman. She was probably like... Like, what the fuck Literally, just to literally me? in shock. Like, her brain, it's like, everybody always says, like, the fight or flight response, mm-hmm. but in reality, it's fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And that's when your brain just goes into shock and you and just like, can't move. You can't do anything. You're like, what? Literally. What you're, is happening? You're literally in shock. Like, that happens to, like, people who are, like, raped right. or sexually mm-hmm. assaulted. They're like, well, why didn't you fight? Why didn't you run? It's like, I just froze. Mm-hmm. That is another survival instinct is to just stay still yeah not do anything that's going to anger whatever's happening and then Mm. just hope it's just gonna end yeah Yeah. so that's essentially what was happening to poor katie Mm. she 10 years old having this happen to her and she's just frozen not knowing what to do totally in shock and is just in this car with this man who just did this to her. Right. So Stockelman drove Katie out to Lake Cyper, where he then threw her off that cliff and then stood watch while she drowned in the lake. He then smoked a cigarette, finished it, dropped his butt on the ground, got inside his truck, and he left. That's so sad. Yeah. That's, like, the fact that he, like, watched her drown. Her drown. And then just casually smoked Smoked a a fucking cigarette and was like... Bye. Got in his truck and left. Psychopath. Psychopath. That's why his last name is Stockelman. <laughs> That's why his last name is Stockelman. Um, so the matching DNA plus the fibers that were found on Katie's body made the case against Stockelman a slam dunk, essentially. Mm. They had no other suspects. His DNA was all over her. Um, had the case gone to trial, the prosecutors would be seeking the death penalty. Mm. However, the prosecution ended up offering Stockelman a plea deal. If he pled guilty to the charges of molestation and uh, murder, first-degree murder, they would take the death penalty off the table. So Stockelman was like, I don't want to 
take my chances of being acquitted because if it mm. goes to a jury, they're probably going to send me to the fucking chair. Mm. So he takes the deal and he ends up getting sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So Good he will fucking prison twat. for the rest of his life. Um, so during a later appeal regarding the severity of his sentence, Stockelman claimed that at the time of Katie's abduction and murder, he was under the influence of, quote, extreme mental or emotional disturbance. Like, no shit. Yeah, you were. And he testified that it was the death of his father six months prior to Katie's murder that had had a profound effect on his mental state because him and his father were very close and he took his death really hard. So that made you murder and rape a 10-year-old? Yeah. He stated due to the severity of his mental and emotional turmoil at the time, he could not be held entirely responsible for Katie's murder and thus his sentence should be reduced. No. He basically was trying to make like a little insanity insanity plea here. Um, thankfully, the appeals court basically told him to go fuck himself. Good. Because, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. They just, they threw his case out entirely. Like, they didn't even waste their time hearing it. They're like, no, like, you're, you're fucking, no, get out of here. Because your dad died? Right. Six months prior to you murdering this girl? Yeah. No. Get the fuck out of here. Plenty of us lose our parents. Yeah. And Actually, we don't all murder of our children. Lose our parents yeah. Eventually. Everybody loses their parents eventually, but you don't see us going out and murdering children. Ew, I just crushed that in my finger. It like chomped. Ew, that was gross. <laughs> oh, that just gave me the chills. I literally Ooh. felt it on my fingertip. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that it gave me the chills in the egg more than the cereal. <laughs> Not me fishing a fruit fly out of my drink and crushing it giving you the ick more than this story about a man who murdered a child i feel like because of how much we talk about this yeah, kind of stuff, i'm just so desensitized yeah no and like that's all the shows true. that i watch about it like i feel like true true i don't know why but true crime affects me less than like the scary movies that are not real yeah but yeah. true crime, I'm like, okay, cool. I think like, because, I like, watch this. true crime, you're hearing about mm-hmm. a lot of horrific things that have happened, but when you're watching, like, a scary movie, like, you're seeing it happen, mm-hmm. and I think seeing things versus hearing about them causes a much more, like, visceral reaction in yeah. people. It's like, we, it's totally different. Like, you can be like, oh, like, her eyes were plucked out, her ears were cut off, her arms were cut off, but you see that shit happen, yeah. like... In front, and you're like, holy fuck. Like, it's yeah. a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. So. I just can't do it. Yeah, it's it's a little cray-cray. It's definitely a whole lot different. Because, yeah, I've been the same way, too. Like, I can literally, like, read about this stuff and hear mm-hmm. about it. Like, I listen to true crime podcasts, like, in the shower. Like, when I'm doing, yeah. like, laundry, when I'm cooking. But, like, I'm not out here watching, like. I mean, I like scary movies, but I like, like, thrillers more than I like things that are, like, gory. Yeah, I hate the gory. The gory stuff literally gives me nightmares. I do want to go see the new Saw movie when it comes out. I don't. I do. At all. Not I've seen all of them. I have to go see I haven't seen one. any of them, and I don't plan on seeing that one. Died, I wants to go see it, too, so, so we're going to. That's for you guys. We're going <laughs> to go see I the new Saw movie. I think it comes out in a couple weeks, actually. Um, but yeah, we're going to go the see it. The last scary movie I think I saw was, in, like, an Insidious. It was, like, the third one, I think. Oh, yeah. Those are good movies. I like Insidious because those are, like, scary. Those are, like, thrillers. are still scary. Yeah, I mean, I like a, I like a good thriller. I like a jump scare every now and then. Insidious you know what was, was a really lot of jump Split, which isn't really a scary movie, per se, but... Oh, that's the one with, uh, what's his fucking name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I always use that. It wasn't me. It was Patricia. <laughs> Wait, do something where I'm like, oh, sorry. That wasn't me. That was Patricia. <laughs> sorry. That's I blacked out last night. Sorry, that was Patricia. That was Patricia. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Back into it. So, Stockelman stays with his um, life without the possibility of parole for his sentence. And there were a lot of people in this town that were 
outraged that Stockelman had managed to escape the death penalty. Like, they thought that he had gotten off way too lightly for the brutality in which he had raped and murdered Katie. I'm, like, impartial to the death penalty just because, like, these people that have gotten murdered were feeling all of that. They were tortured. Why should you get the the benefit of dying peacefully. Mm-hmm. The other thing with the death penalty too is there are people who are like it is not an innocent. immediate thing. But it's also it's like when you're on death row. There are when innocent you're, people on death row. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the other thing too is even if you're guilty, even if you like he is guilty. He mm-hmm. did this. Yeah. If he would have gotten the death penalty, when you're sentenced to death, you get an automatic appeal. So that takes time. Mm-hmm. You can appeal over and over and over and over again. And every single time there is an appeal, the family gets dragged back into it. Mm -hmm. The case gets dragged back into the media. It costs an exponentially more amount of money to sentence somebody to death in the long run than it does to keep them in prison for the rest of their life. And honestly, like, you should rot in prison. Yeah, exactly. Like, you should not get to be able to... Die peacefully. die peacefully. Exactly. So, like, I, I understand the want of wanting to sentence people to death because you mm. feel like that is the ultimate punishment. Like, like this person why, died, even so if you're you should right, die. Even if you're in prison for the rest of your life, why should you get to still be alive when mm. you took the life of, you know, this person or these people? Right. But yeah, on the other hand, like, I think, like, if there's the chance that one innocent person is going to be executed for something they did not what do. What they should do is they should put these people in the most max security prisons with the scariest motherfuckers <laughs> so that way people like child murderers they're gonna get their ass ate up in there <laughs> wait for it wait for it so one of these people who thought that stockman get off way too lightly was katie's then 22 year old cousin jared harris and unbeknownst to Stockelman, Harris was serving a sentence for burglary at the same exact prison that Stockelman was sent to. Mm. So the second Stockelman gets into this prison, Harris gets his fucking number. He's like, mm. I know who you are, motherfucker. Mm. He ends up cornering Stockelman in his cell. And essentially, Harris is like, you might be able to live the rest of your life in prison, but you are never going to have another day where you do not remember what you did to Katie. And he I'm gave him make your life hell. He gave him two options. Mm-hmm. He said, "Quote: I'm either going to stick you and leave you bleeding, or I'm going to tattoo you." And Stockman's like, "Fuck, <laughs> he's a bitch." Yeah. Um, he is fearing what Harris might do to him because he's like, he's going to fucking kill me. I'm going to get my ass beat. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to make my life a living hell. Like, who mm-hmm. knows how long he's in here for? And every mm-hmm. day he's in here, he's going to fuck me up. And probably when mm-hmm. he leaves, he's going to get more people to fuck me up. Right. So he's like, he's like, I'll let you tattoo me. He probably is pedophile. So <laughs> what Harris does, he made this, he made like a makeshift tattoo gun using like a guitar mm-hmm. string and like something else. Mm-hmm. I think they said like a, a cassette player or something mm-hmm. like that. And he tattoos on Stockelman's forehead the words Katie's Revenge on oh. his fucking forehead. Oh. And like big capital letters yes. across this dude's fucking forehead, bro. Katie's Revenge. And he was actually, Harris was actually scheduled to be released just six months 
like, in six months before this. So he mm. only had six months of his sentence left. Mm. And he ended up being charged with battery because of this. And he got an extra seven years <laughs> tacked on to his sentence. He's probably like, fuck it. it he worth said, it. worth it. Yep. Worth it. Yep. Because everybody is now going to know what he did. They're mm-hmm. going to know who he is. He's going to have to look at himself in mm-hmm. the mirror every fucking day mm-hmm. and see that tattoo. He's like, worth it. I, you know, preach it. Love her cousin. Yes. Yes. This is prison justice at his finest. Um, Jared Harris, he was actually released from prison um, a few years after that. He did not end up having to serve that full extra seven years. Bless. Um, so he got out. And Anthony Stockelman is still rotting his ass away in prison. They oh. actually keep him in solitary confinement now. Because of the forehead? Because they want to prevent further attacks on him <laughs> from other inmates. <laughs> so he gets to spend the rest of his rotten fucking life by himself in solitary confinement, remembering every day what he did to Katie Coleman. Good. Fuck this guy. Fucking Go Jared Harris. <laughs> yeah. Let's be friends. <laughs> I need to show you a picture. I will post a picture of the tattoo on Instagram, but I need to show Automate right now because it's fucking hilarious. Look at that shit. Yes. Yeah. Big capital he, letters. Even just a picture of his eyeballs up. Oh, yeah. He looks like... Yeah. There's nothing there. He looks... He looks custy. He looks like a child murderer. Yeah, he's gross. He's really gross. Like, super gross. As, as for Katie's cousin, though, like, we could be friends. Yeah. Like, bro, you cool. You might like, be a burglar, you, but, like... You might be my peoples. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, but, like, it's, like, so funny, because, like, what are the chances that he gets sent to the same prison where Katie's cousin is already serving? And he's, like... And, and mm-hmm. the fact that he only had six months left on his sentence, mm-hmm. like, that time had mm-hmm. to match up so perfectly yeah. for, for... He was, like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, he's, like, I this you. is <laughs> karma. This is your karmic retribution for this. Like, I bet your Katie's parents were, like... Yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, good job, Jared. Yeah. Like, pat him on the back. Because mm-hmm. like, good so job, his, buddy. his parents are probably like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you might be a burglar, but at least, you know. So you got something going for you. You got, right? <laughs> like, you got Katie's back, but yeah. I just, like, I first saw this case on TikTok, and somebody was talking about these fucking <laughs> I was like, bro, that is amazing. We love, we love prison justice. Yeah. I'm a full proponent that, like, pedophiles, rapists, child murderers, put them out in gen pop and let oh, yeah. let the other guys in that prison Fuck take them care up. of them. Yeah. Sentence, sentence them to life and then put them in gen mm-hmm. pop. Yeah, if you've got somebody who is already in there for life, they know they're never getting out of prison. You can give them another 25 fucking years. They don't care. They're never getting out anyways. Yeah, put them in that, like, literally so many, there are so many times where, like, it's like a common thing that happens where... Um, prisons will keep like fake records of like pedophiles and rapists and stuff that are in the prison for the sole purpose of not letting the other inmates find out what they're in for and because they're like they're gonna get fucked up fucked up but I mean a lot of prisoners have family on the outside they can if they're like yo this new dude came in he sus google this name for me and tell mm-hmm. me what the fuck he's in prison for oh, yeah. and then they find out and they're right. like oh right all right you're a fucking pedophile you're a rapist or you're a child murderer i'm gonna mm-hmm. fuck you up i always go back to um the uh gabriel fernandez that case mm-hmm. and how his mom like on her like third day in prison she got jumped and like her face sliced up with like mm-hmm. a tin can lid mm-hmm. and there was like three inmates who jumped her and like a guard was just like standing by the door there's when it room. happened and room. she she's now in protective custody also for the rest of her sentence and they fucked her face up they like 
slash the shit and with like the lid of like a tin can like oh just that ooh, that, that just gave me the fucking yeah that one there too that really oh because i i have a scar on my pinky right but here if you've ever been like sliced your finger on yeah, the tin can I on did. the lid of a tin can you know the paint it's fucking Imagine sucked, that on dude. your face yeah that's crazy but i'm like that bitch deserved it because she's yeah. a fucking monster She's a fucking monster. I remember when that documentary came out on Netflix, dude. I watched it all in one day, and I was fucking sobbing on the couch. I was tears down my face. Like, I remember they were, like, it was, like, one of the, the, like, last episode that really got me. Because they were talking about, like, in the months leading up to his death, like, his, uh, his teacher... They were doing, like, in-class, like, little crafts for Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And this poor little boy who had just been beaten and abused and starved like by his mother for the entirety of his life he was still making her a mother's day gift because he still loved her even with everything Uh, that was what i was literally bawling because there was a there's a picture like so pure so innocent there's a picture of him and he's his face is bruised and he's holding up this little thing that he made his mom for mother's day and I'm like, oh my god, break my fucking heart, dude. Oh. I was literally ugly crying on the couch, dude. <laughs> Not the ugly crying. <laughs> sobbing. Literally me. Sobbing on the couch watching that. Like, that is probably one of, if not the saddest cases I've ever heard of. Oh. I think they sentenced her boyfriend to death. I think he's, I think they executed him already. Is It was all driven by him. Like she was that she was that parent who, who got a new boyfriend, family. yeah, and instead of leaving the boyfriend who's abusing her child, she stays with him and blames the child for their own abuse. And like Gabriel's like a baby. He was like six when he died. Ugh, I can't a even a literal imagine. baby. That literally hurts my heart. And the fact that you could get into a relationship with somebody and abuse their child. Yeah. And the parent lets you do that. Like you deserve to rot in fucking hell. Yeah. You deserve to get your face sliced up by a fucking yeah. tin can lid. You deserve so much more than that. I oh. hope she looks in the mirror every fucking day and she hates herself. Good. Good. I hope so. Yeah, that case broke my fucking heart. Like, it genuinely broke my heart. It was it was so sad. I've, like, really never cried at, like, a true crime documentary mm-hmm. like that before. The way that I cried. <laughs> I was like, like <laughs> oh. He was just had, like, the sweetest little fit. He was so fucking cute. But, yeah, when they were talking about how he made her that Mother's Day gift, and then, like, three months later, he was dead. Ugh. Broke my fucking heart. Hip. Oh, my God. What a note to leave this episode I know, off on. Jesus Christ. Um, that's a... I. That's a very well done documentary, though, if you haven't watched that on Netflix. I think it's called The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. So, so sad, but very they did a very good job with that documentary. Um, well, if you made it this far, God thanks. bless. Well, yeah, all right. God bless. Dog bless. Dog. <laughs> Dog bless. bless. Um, Dog sled. <laughs> Dog sled. <laughs> um, all right. Well, if you made it this far, um, you should totally follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Our Instagram is at TSRH Podcast. Um, we now officially have I, more followers on the podcast Instagram than I have on my personal one. <laughs> oh, no. I don't ever post on Instagram, though. Like, I should just honestly pull you and delete all my social medias because I, I don't honestly, use them. like. But yeah, go follow our Instagram. We have 840 followers right now. Oh, I did we talk about since last episode that we 
exceeded. I know I put it on Instagram. Yeah, but we, you, we, you sent me a screenshot. Yeah, Do I know. the emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I know I put it on Instagram, but I don't think we talked about it. We haven't had a chance to talk about an episode that we've surpassed 10,000 lifetime downloads. Round That's crazy. That is cuckoo bananas. Have we um, gotten any more reviews? I don't know. I haven't checked recently. Go, go look while we're recording. Okay. Van for the audience. Let me, uh, let me pull it up. Entertain the masses. Well, I, <laughs> I really hope there's a negative one. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope people fucking hate us. I just want there to be... Those ones are funny. They are kind of funny. No, that's the only one I think we have. Are there any that say anything else, even if they're good? No, I think they just have. Yeah, I don't know. We're not doing too hot on Apple Podcasts. It's just an Apple Podcast. We're like have eighteen reviews on Spotify, and they're y'all like go listen positive. to us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, please go rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts because we're suffering over there. We only have like six reviews, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is bad. And one of them is bad, so that really fucks our our average. So if you want to help us out, if you like us, and you know you're not overly sensitive to these things, go give us five stars on Apple. Podcasts. Only if you're gonna give us a good review. Yeah, don't give us one. <laughs> Please don't go there to give us a bad Please, one. please. We're begging you. Please Anyways. just keep that to yourself. <laughs> um, we still do plan to get a TikTok account going and eventually um, videos eventually. So, you know, be patient for that. Keep an eye out for it. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at TSRH Podcast. I say follow Facebook. To be quite honest, I haven't posted about the last two cases on Facebook. So really just the Instagram. you can still follow the Facebook if you want. That's also TSRH Podcast. If you have case suggestions or you just want to chat, you can DM on us on Instagram. Or you can send us an email at TSRHpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's about it. We will once again try to be on a little bit more regular recording schedule. But October is going to be busy for us. So we'll get an episode out when we can get an episode out. Which is pretty, you know, status quo for this podcast to date. So uh, <laughs> it's never, we were, I remember we had like one really good like month where we were, uh, you know, constant recording. We had TSRH two days. Yeah. But, and then, and then that just, fell off. Life yeah. Life happened and that fell off. So for maybe long while. one day we'll, we'll try not to go longer than a month without getting you guys an episode. <laughs> but we're, we're doing our best. Um, well, thank you guys all for listening. We appreciate you. Um, Please follow the Instagram. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right. Autumn, do you have anything else that you wanna say to our lovely people? Not a motherfucking thing. All right. And we will catch y'all on the next one. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, bye. bye.